Hey everybody, welcome back to Podcast Part 3, the Part 3 Podcast. I am Sam Charrington. And I'm Will Morey. Back in the horror zone, where we're gonna be a lot, honestly. There's a lot of <laughs> horror movies that they just keep making sequels to. And uh, this franchise that we're talking about this week is no exception. Uh, we are talking today about 1985's Day of the Dead, following up 1968's Night of the Living Dead, and 1978's Dawn of the Dead, and this is uh, the 80s uh, of the dead movie. It's it's definitely the, um, it always has been the redheaded stepchild, so to speak, if that term is appropriate anymore, uh, of the uh, George Romero zombie movies, because Night of the Living Dead is a classic. It's a landmark uh, piece of 60s cinema, landmark piece of horror cinema, basically defined what we think of as zombies in horror movies today, right up to The Walking Dead and uh, the stuff you see nowadays. And then 1978's Dawn of the Dead is uh, the, you know, that's the famous one. That's the one in the mall. Has the really gory Tom Savini effects. It's It's got a real comedic streak to it. It's the had the most famous remake. It's definitely the one that's imitated the most. And uh, then there's Day of the Dead, which is in 1985, and it's it's definitely like the encapsulation of everything Romero is is chewing on thematically, no pun intended, uh, in Night of the Living Dead and Day of the Dead. And uh, I've seen this movie a, a couple times, and uh, this was Will's first time, and I was very nervous because I've been hyping it up as a, an underrated gem. And I was really worried that you were going to hate it and I'd have to defend it and we'd fight and cry. But <laughs> but no, I like this a lot. Um, I was I, I don't know how I had sort of missed it. Um, I think for a while the DVD had been out of print or something. And, and then and a lot of people told me it was boring. And I think I just it just kind of fell out of my radar. But um, but I like this a lot. I thought it was really cool. I mean, it, it's very kind of low key in in a way, but it's very neat. Yeah, it's it lacks the pizzazz of other zombie movies. Like case in point, this came out the exact same year as Return of the Living Dead, and Return of the right. Living Dead is 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 all razzle dazzle compared to this. <laughs> and Return yeah. of the Living Dead is also sort of a sequel to Night of the Living Dead. Before we get dive into Day of the Dead, I made um. A, a sort of uh, a beautiful mind esque uh, chart here of oh my goodness. all the tendrils that came out of Night of the Living Dead in 1968. So I'm going <laughs> to break it down real quick for you. Night of the Living Dead, 1968, directed by George Romero, co written by John Russo. John Russo, after Night of the Living Dead, retained the rights to the term Living Dead as a movie series, which is why you see then Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead as opposed to Of the Living Dead. John Russo then wrote the original script for Return of the Living Dead as to make cash in on the franchise himself. That script, apparently not so good. Studio gave it to Dan O'Bannon, who wrote and directed it. Dan O'Bannon famously did the Alien movies. John Russo also did the infamous Night of the Living Dead 30th Anniversary Extended Edition that came out in 1999. Will, I don't know if you remember this. It came out on DVD and he filmed a bunch of new scenes and oh, cut stuff right. out. It's the one famously Harry Knowles of Ain't It Cool News said watching it was worse than witnessing his mother's death. And he promised to ban anyone from the site that spoke favorably of it. Uh, <laughs> and not to oh necessarily... God 
align myself with Harry Knowles, but I've seen it and it's really bad. Imagine sh- <laughs> shifting from 1968 16 millimeter to what basically looks like shot on video stuff. Uh, in the ni- late 90s. Late 90s, too, yeah. So. It's, it, oh, boy. Yeah. So ill advised. Meanwhile, George Romero makes Dawn of the Dead with producer Richard Rubenstein. He also does allows Lucio Fulci, the Italian director, to do his own cut of the movie with music by That's Goblin. Right. Lucio Fulci proceeds to then make Zombie 2 and Zombie 3. Dawn of the Dead was known as Zombie in Italy, which then spawned its own five-film series of, of rip-offs, which then had oh rip-offs under themselves directed by the likes of Fulci and Claudio Fragasso of Troll 2 fame. <laughs> Meanwhile, Richard Rubenstein retained the distribution rights to the original Dawn of the Dead. In the late 2000s, he spent $6 million to convert it to 3D to cash on the then post-Avatar 3D craze. Oh my God. When that failed to pan out, to recoup expenses, he raised the distribution fee, at least in the U.S., to a prohibitively high rate, which is why there has not been a U.S. home video release of Dawn of the Dead since 2007. It came out on Blu-ray once, it costs $100 to buy now, and it hasn't been released since. There have been 4K releases in, in the U.K., but nothing here, which is why it's a hard movie to find. Meanwhile, George Romero (laughs) makes Day of the Dead in 1985, and Day of the Dead subsequently has yielded two remakes, uh, three sequels from George Romero, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, and Survival of the Dead, which all ironically came out on the success of the Zack Snyder James Gunn remake of Dawn of the Dead. (laughs) There was a prequel film called Day of the Dead Contagium made in 2005, and a sci-fi TV series that I knew nothing about that came out last fall. What? And (laughs) there is a movie currently in production called Night of the Living Dead 2 starring the three actors who play the three survivors of Day of the Dead. Oh my God. In addition, both Night of the Living Dead has received a remake directed by Tom Savini and Dawn of the Dead also got a remake, as we said, in 2004. Wow. So that's insane. This, that's insane. This, this Silmarillion expanded universe <laughs> of of like I move over Halloween. We have another <laughs> sort of rights driven, pettiness driven, expanded Night of the Living Dead universe. But oh at its God. core, you have I would say the three films by George Romero. The third of which is Day of the Dead. I had to, I just, I, I was so proud of my no, chart and I really, I, I hope you all is, learned something. It's a very impressive chart. You should uh, put that on our, oh, on I'll our put that on the Twitter. Theory. Yeah, no. And, yeah. and it's also why I think day of the dead has gotten a reappraisal in recent years is because it's probably the most, well, night of the living Dead's in the public domain. So it has tons right. of home video releases, but it's also a very indie movie from 1968. And I think doesn't necessarily play the same way with new audiences i think it's i mean that movie's like in still really intense to watch especially in the context of the time it was being made um but dawn of the dead's completely off the radar unless you've got a digital like a bootleg copy or an old dvd of it it's really hard to find uh so day of the dead has kind of been able to fill that vacuum and i think people are realizing that it is a very underappreciated movie. And I think I understand why George Romero before he passed away was on the record as saying, this is his favorite of the three movies he made. 
Well, and because it, it's, you know, as I was watching it, it reminded me a lot of the Mad Max movies and not, you know, in, in theme necessarily, but in that each Mad Max movies is sort of a distillation of a idea, you know, and, and George Miller is very into telling a story as simply and as visually as possible um, and as with as much movement as possible. And with with Romero, each of his zombie movies is sort of a distillation of ideas and themes that just, they carry over They're but they're not really sequels per se narratively, but it's more like a musician working through sort of different ideas. And I think to me, it seems like day of the dead, it takes what all, what night of the living dead and what dawn of the dead were trying to do and really distills it into a, a solid, core yeah um into you know i don't know if that makes any sense but (laughs) i think i'm gonna go on a limb and say that of the movies we've watched so far this is the most successful part three in addition to maybe being the first genuinely great movie we've watched oh like no not a knock on season of the witch or h2o but this is like yeah there are a lot of parallels between this and the mad max franchise and i'd say the evil dead franchise in that the first film super independent movie becomes a huge hit and a first first movie too by like first time filmmakers yes and then the second movie is the iconic one road warrior evil dead 2 dawn of the dead and then the third one is like it's where it you know in i'd say in the case of mad max beyond thunderdome they get out a little bit beyond their skis it gets a little too broad a little too big also behind the scenes stuff kind of affected the production army of darkness is it's the one that's not a horror movie it's the fun one you know i'd say like evil dead is a masterpiece army of darkness is the quotable one (laughs) and then in this case this one's just like it's it definitely is the one that feels the most polished as a movie in terms of like design and certainly makeup effects but it's you know it's I don't I think it's it's the bleakest one. It's the least fun, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the the it doesn't it has a sense of humor, but it's like it is bone dry. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's not like because Dawn of the Dead is very silly and like you have that sequence where the like at the very end where the biker gang tears through the the mall and starts like throwing pies in zombies' yeah. faces and things like that. And you've got that uh, uh, this doesn't have that. You've got the uh <laughs> the robot chicken music uh right. Yeah. <laughs> this has none of that this is like yeah it's it's a deeply cynical movie but kind of not cynical in the way people think it's no it's not about like oh society is breaking down oh we are all we're no different than the zombies or anything it's a movie watching it this time i was like this is a movie about accepting like accepting change basically moving on and letting go like the whole movie, yeah. like the movie starts with this dream sequence of Sarah, who's essentially our protagonist, like just going up to a calendar and crossing off a day. And then the zombies all come through the wall and grab her. And that calendar right. comes back as sort of like, it's kind of like the thing that she's using to latch onto to track the progression of time. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, you know, living in this pandemic world, it, it, it hits a lot harder, I think, than maybe it did in 85, because we are living in just sort of like this, where day after day is just the same. Yeah. And it's just not, uh, you know, you're just, the only way to really mark the time is by marking, checking days off a calendar. Yeah, it's interesting, because you know? like, Dawn of the Dead feels a lot more like the commentary on the 80s, 
but right. it happens to have come out in 1978 like because if you'd made that movie in 1988 the mall theme would have like been way more resonant because like malls right. weren't really or only just beginning to be a thing george romero he he's always very coy about how intentional his like stuff is like he's always you know famously Dwayne Jones was uh, an African American actor in to playing a lead part in a horror movie in 1968 and playing it like he's the hero was right. a big yeah. deal but he always George Romero was always like oh no no he was just the best guy that showed up for the <laughs> auditions oh no no yeah. oh the malls aren't it's not meant to mean anything it just seemed like a good good set for a zombie movie he's he's very <laughs> winking i he's one of yeah. those directors that's always very fun to watch in interviews because he's got his big, big Coke bottle glasses. and Yeah, he always strikes me a lot like Wes Craven, just sort of very soft-spoken and just sort of like, oh, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, it's it, similar to like David Lynch or one of those guys. Yeah, There's yeah. that great documentary, if you can find it, called Midnight Movies from the Margin to the Mainstream, where they talk about the six definitive midnight movies of the late 60s yeah. and 70s, and it's starts with night of the living dead then there's el topo uh pink flamingos uh rocky horror picture and Eraserhead. oh and the harder they right. come and they talk with all yeah. the directors and they talk with richard o'brien who wrote rocky horror picture show it's a great documentary because all of the people that directed those movies are fabulously interesting people because <laughs> you've got in one documentary you've got yodorowsky romero john waters and david lynch all talking <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, yeah, and it's incredible. And Roger Ebert is a big talking head in that yes, one too. Yes, and, uh, and uh, the um, oh god, the I forget his name. The guy that created um, uh, the the Roxy in, on. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah, guy yeah. who created he was like a big financier of some of these movies. He built the Roxy on Sunset Strip as a answer to the Troubadour. Right. Uh, yeah. You know. Anyway, we're 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 getting off track here because this is this is a movie that has like stuff that makes you want to talk you know yeah i mean um yeah i mean it also is like about i mean it's kind of about so much um and just about exploitation uh and who's exploiting who and and it's almost and the weird thing is is that it makes you care about the zombies in a way um in that they're like the most vulnerable members of this society that has been created and and the humans are just exploiting them for or for anything really you know and you know people the military people either view them as just strictly an enemy or and then the scientists just view them as science experiments and you get the impression and this is kind of an idea he carries into land of the dead although it doesn't really kind of like it's due um that the zombies are starting to evolve and kind of become become an actual species uh, but it doesn't really he doesn't really carry over that theme but it's starting here well it, it's but. um the zombies yeah in this they might as well be i don't know like they could be any animal that's overrun society yeah. and you know bub is the one the main zombie he's our, our, our the only i'd say the first zombie character we've had that isn't like yeah. a character that's become a zombie in the movie. He's the one being trained by uh, by Frankenstein, by Dr. Logan. <laughs> and a fantastic performance. Uh, the oh, actor yeah. is Sherman Howard. It's a very like Boris Karloff, Frankenstein sort of performance. He's I'd say he's the only fundamentally innocent character 
in the movie because yeah. he's he has no agenda and he has no malice until the end of the movie where he actually wants revenge against uh, Colonel Rhodes. And yeah. so, like, the thing I kept coming back to in this is that all of these characters, they're all in this bunker. It's a military outfit uh, working with a group of scientists to try and find like a cure or some way to stop the zombies or control the zombies. And they're in Florida. They've been cut off from everyone. Their, their commanding officer has just died. So there's now this like complete lunatic Colonel Rhodes is in charge. Everyone is past the point of fuck it. So there's the, <laughs> the scientists, the military guys, and then the helicopter pilot and the radio operator. Right, um, who are on there who are like living in in a mobile home they're kind of independent own. contractors <laughs> everyone talks about their contracts and who's gonna pay them like yeah. <laughs> it just feels like everyone is in denial and everyone and she says it i mean we're all collapsing everyone is just trying to cling to something to yeah. you know like completely fall keep from falling apart and it shows how they cling to that thing sh- sort of shows how they interact with everyone colonel rhodes is clinging to the idea of like they're at war you know, it's right. not so much like military discipline because his troops are all fucking drunk and abusive and and <laughs> vile racists. Um, yeah. But he's just like, we are at war. This is, you know, like and then Dr. Logan is all about, you know, trying to tackle it through science. But as we see throughout the film, he's completely lost his marbles, too. And then right. Sarah is just sort of like she's kind of just clinging to the idea of like logic and and common sense yeah and trying to just make sense of what has happened and why it's happening and how it's changing uh because she she does mention several times throughout that she's you know she's noticing that the zombies are acting differently or doing something differently or doing some there's a pattern the way that they they attack or or feed and things like that and she's just trying to to make sense of it all. Yeah. And uh, and in a Hollywood movie, I feel like, you know, that that sort of thing would then pay off in the third act. But this yeah. is a movie where ultimately the thesis statement is none of that matters anymore. You need to just let it go. Because ultimately yeah. the two guys this movie doesn't have a character you can latch onto like Dwayne Jones or Ken Forey in the fir- in the second movie. It, you, right. The closest you've got are are uh, McDermott, the radio guy, and uh, John, the helicopter pilot, and both of them yeah. just yeah, they're off in their their mobile home drinking and not doing a thing to help anyone. But because they're right, <laughs> they're just like, give up. We're gonna go to an island and just get on with our lives because there's nothing else we can do at this point. And they're right in the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, and that's that's sort of the thing. I mean, and and. I mean, it's been a very long time since I've seen Land of the Dead, but I I remember it sort of doing stuff like that, where it's sort of like, this is our lives now, and we have to just sort of, you know, figure out how to survive. Yeah, Land of the Dead just, it's it's bogged down in, in, it's trying to say things about, you know, the Bush era, and the, you know, we don't negotiate with terrorists is said a lot, and things like that. Right. I mean, there's a lot to talk about and a lot to dig into. And, you know, it, as I was watching it, I mean, this is a first time watch for me, so it's it's harder to sort of um, pull it apart. But it felt like a, a really good novel, just sort of dripping with symbolism. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Ultimately, a movie where the nihilists are the ones that are right. 
you know, no one right. really wins, but the nihilists are right. And it's, you know, when Sarah sort of realizes, okay, we just got to get the fuck out of Dodge, you know, she's, uh, she's, that's the reason she survives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, like you said, it's, it really is about accepting change and accepting that the world is different now and you just have to live with it or, or, and the problem with the military guys is, is that they're sort of stuck in the past thinking things and sort of, it maybe not the institutions of the military, but that's sort of where their mind is that, that, you know, they're trying to control the, the, you know, the zombies and the scientists are in the similar boat where it's like, they're trying to control the zombies too, but just in a different, from a different mindset from the scientific mindset. Yeah. Instead of the military well, it's, it's, it's not a problem. They're going to be able to shoot their way out of, or science the shit out of to uh, quote the Martian. It's just a problem. It's just, uh, it's like, it's just life now. It's not even, you can't fix it. You can't solve it. It just, that's, it's just the nature of life. And you get the <laughs> sense that they all kind of are starting to realize that, but they're all, None of them are really willing to confront it. Exactly. Because, I mean, the, the, you know, the military just sort of goes back on misogyny and racism and violence to solve their problems. <laughs> yeah. Whereas science, you know, whereas the, the Frankenstein just does these horrific experiments. And, and for what? It doesn't really. He's yeah. trying to get them to not want to eat flesh, but he keeps rewarding Bub with buckets of human entrails. You right. know? Yeah, exactly. It's it's like and Bub, you know, there's he's not malicious. That's just what he wants to eat. You know, he, he can't control it. He's just he's pure instinct. And the only instinct, time he becomes yeah. deliberately homicidal is, you know, as a result of the things the humans have taught him. Yeah, exactly. But it's a great location too. The the bunker and the salt mines. Uh, yeah, and the and the elevator and stuff that goes yeah. up. Yeah, like it, it's it felt futuristic without like it seemed like without them having to do anything. Yeah, it it know? had that real like seventies like THX eleven thirty eight sort of claustrophobic. <laughs> very exactly. sterile environment the fact that they have to get around everywhere via golf carts and stuff it's just <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. and then there's that great opening sequence that's uh i think they filmed in fort myers um yeah. where it's just the abandoned uh city and you know right and so i had since i had never seen this movie uh the the gorillas song m1a1 uh -huh samples that opening with it with the guy oh i can't remember his name with him yelling hello, hello! uh that's um oh, what's his name her her boyfriend uh yeah miguel miguel the guy who ends up gets his arm chopped off but the funniest thing about that too is that that hello stuff always reminded me of the opening of 28 days later yeah and and i don't <laughs> think that's by accident this is probably the first one of these zombie movies that's like showing the city completely abandoned besides yeah. like stuff like the Omega man, which is right. you know also groovy seventies tastic. But uh, yeah. And it's got some great moments like the alligator sitting in the like doorway of the bank oh, yeah. and, uh, and, yeah. and tongue, tongue man, the tongue zombie with his jaw. Oh, yeah. ripped that, that opening is just haunting. And it, it really kind of freaked me out in a lot of ways. It just, just, it just so desolate and, and, creepy and and weird it just it it worked on me in in a way that a lot of zombies i don't find zombies particularly scary but that actually sort of freaked me out yeah it's the zombies in this are great the makeup effects yeah. in this are like 
absolutely fantastic. It's 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 it's, it's Savini too, but also it's Nicotero um, and and uh, Nicotero and, and, well, uh, Kurtzman, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nicotero is one of the guys, one of the soldiers as well. He gets uh, right. He gets uh, bitten when uh, when Miguel gets bitten, and he has to get shot right. in the head. Yeah, it's just every character is just sweaty and just on the verge of completely losing it. And it's like, like Dr. Logan is like, he's very rational. He's got like sort of that, like Robert Picardo delivery where he's like the doctor from Voyager, like civility must be rewarded, but he's covered in blood every time he walks into the room. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And what's, what's so funny is how horrified everyone is by her, by his experiments. Even the military guys who are just like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm not fucking (laughs) saluting that thing. <laughs> and the guy who plays Rhodes is fantastic because he's like terrifying, a terrifying psychopath, but there's just this hint of humanity behind him that you're like, oh, I can see where this guy was like a normal human being. Well, at it's one point. he's a lunatic, but his point of view is no less valid than Sarah's or or Frankenstein's. Like yeah. he's like, they're dead. We have to just destroy, and he's not stupid. He's not like his his yeah. underlings who are just will flip out at anything. Like <laughs> he could shoot Sarah, but he doesn't. He like like uh, uh, John says, like he won't kill me. He needs me to fly the helicopter. He won't kill McDermott because he needs him to operate the radio. Like he's right. he's not he's a homicidal maniac, but he's not stupid. And honestly, like he's his point of view isn't without merit yeah no that's yeah yeah, that's a very good point it's like all three characters the three those three characters that are like clinging to like war science and logic are all like valid in their own ways but you get you you realize there's no point in hanging on to those things anymore and the sooner you let go the sooner you have a better chance of surviving because you're gonna just just, go and drink at the beach yeah go to the beach (laughs) And just, yeah, grab, get, yeah, it's, it's, you know, you, you can't pretend that the old world exists. You can't just hide in the mall and go shopping all the time. It's not an option anymore, but you know, just like, fuck it, go try and build something better somewhere where none of this is not, is around. And yeah, that's why like for the, as bleak a movie it is, it's the only one that ends on a hopeful note. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun movie to watch during the pandemic, as we've seen. Yeah, it's now that we now know how people will act uh, in the slightest level of uh, global crisis. You know, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a tough. I mean, it was a great watch because I really liked it, but it was also it was a tough watch too because it was it's just a very bleak, bleak movie. Even though it does end on hope, like you. Like but said. it's a hope that comes from nihilism. It's a hope of like, yeah. you need, it's okay to say, fuck it, let it go. You yeah. know? Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, like John has a moment where he talks about maybe we're being punished by God, but you get the sense he doesn't really believe that he, yeah. Know, like he and he and McDermott are just like, I don't know, like McDermott's McDermott's thing that he clings to is alcoholism. Right. It's <laughs> just, it's last. Yeah. Jesus, Mary and Jesus, Joseph. Mary and Joseph. <laughs> You know, uh, like John, he's I think he's the closest you get to like Ken Forey's character. He's, you know, uh, he's the helicopter pilot in this. Ken Forey is like clearly the most level headed person in Dawn of the Dead. But uh, John, you get the sense he would leave without anybody, you know, and he kind of he ends up saving them, you know, 
just because like, you know, because he, he like that's a big turning point for him when he's like, don't kill them. If you do, I won't fly you anywhere. You'll have to kill me. And, uh, right. you know, it shows that yeah. he's got a little bit of humanity left. He's not a complete monster and he's not a zombie. It's he's he's a very, <laughs> very interesting character in that sense, because he's trying to stay out of it. But if he's thrust into it, he will do the right thing. I love the moment where after Miguel gets his arm bitten and he comes run and he runs up towards their trailer and Sarah comes up behind him and starts cutting off his arm. They both kind of come out and they're both like their reaction is just kind of like, okay, okay. all right, <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> all right. It's like, all right. This is, this is where we're yeah. at now. Oh <laughs> uh, man. But like, yeah, Bub is such a great character. He, he, yes. he's, the, he's the iconic thing from this movie. Like that gif, right. the gif of him saluting uh, is, is yeah. such a great moment, but yeah, the, the moments where he like remembers things from being alive there's that shot where he gets the gun and he cocks the gun and there's like right. a music sting and you're like, Oh shit. Like, you know, it's <laughs> like, he just looks right at Rhodes. <laughs> you know, it's- yeah. And it's clear. And what's, what's fascinating. Cause that there's that salute and then the, the, the salute initially to him and then the salute at the end. And it's, it takes on a different meaning the second time around. Cause you're like, Oh, maybe it wasn't a salute that was actually out of pride or, or reverence. Maybe it was like a fuck you salute at first too. Yeah. Like maybe Bob in, in his old life was, you know, an anti-war protester or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost sarcastic at the end Yeah, like when Rhodes yeah. is being torn apart. And then at the end, yeah, Sarah's the one that like she's obviously the least unhinged of the of those main characters. But like she's just kind of like he has to see reason. He has to see what we're trying to do here. And it's like, no, he's not. No, Rhodes isn't gonna see <laughs> no. shit. He nearly no. killed you. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, you know, like the last thing you see her doing is she's she's still doing her calendar. Like she's still gonna hang on to a little something, you know. I, I just have in my notes so many different zombie moments that are all great. Like, uh, oh, the 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 shovel decapitation was yeah, uh, the severed half head. Spectacular. Uh, yeah, there's uh, I have a zo- I just have creep show zombie. Oh, there's a zombie that looks like Ted Danson at the end of his segment of Creep Show. <laughs> there's one zombie that like walks by at one point as the score is shifting to guitar. And he looks just like Nigel Tufnell from that there's his final tap. And I have to, I, I'm sure that was just a coincidence, but I'm going to choose that was to believe that was zombie Nigel Tufnell. All the zombies in this have occupations. There's like a biker, right, there's right. a clown, there's a bride. You know, it's, it's no one was just on, no one was off work when the apocalypse yeah, when they, happened. Yeah, so many great decapitation gags, though. Lots of fun, goopy decapitation stuff. Because this had like a, at least a, better makeup budget than dawn of the like dawn of the, the zombies and dawn of that are just kind of people painted like purpley green and yeah. like the squib effects and the gore effects are great in that but this like the zombies look fantastic right and they're they're in various states of decay yeah which is kind of cool and they you know the 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 extras acting is better you know it's it's like they feel like once they've got a hold of you you're like fucked and you and the the, yeah. the the like feasting getting everyone getting torn apart those 
effects are great. The Romero zombie movies never make the zombie apocalypse seem fun or cool in any way. No, like, no. I don't, I'm, like, there's all these actual, like, survivalists in the real world that are all, like, prepared for a zombie apocalypse. And I'm like, why would you want that? It always looks like it sucks. There's never yeah. a zombie yeah. movie where everyone makes it out at the end, where it all works out. <laughs> Name one. Like, <laughs> fucking warm bodies? Like... Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's true. It's just, it it always just seems like just such a bummer. It just never seems like a great it's, time. You don't want a zombie apocalypse. You just want to shoot your neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> like, you exactly. just want an excuse to shoot your neighbors. <laughs> or just anyone who comes in your path. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, it's a really unsettling movie, and I think it's more unsettling in present day, considering everything that we've all been through the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, and just, and and that that was sort of the thing that really struck me, though, the, just the marking time, and just how much of this pandemic has just felt like just one day is bleeding into the next, is bleeding into the next, is bleeding into the next. Yes, thankfully, uh, Anthony Fauci doesn't come out for press conferences just smeared in blood. Uh, part of the media would have you believe he is but uh he's just not covered and just viscera yeah (laughs) we're doing lots of important tests yes we we, civility must be rewarded we've just got to pound (laughs) logic into them (laughs) oh say hello to your aunt alicia and what's the what's the Stephen King book he has him look at? Oh, is what it, is it? Um, is he? Re- it's it's it's, it's Salem's Lot, I think. It's Salem's yeah. Lot. Yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. It's it's like he's not going to read all of Salem's Lot. He doesn't have that kind of time, <laughs> even if he is a zombie. No one's ever. No one. It's, if it, I, it would be more ridiculous if it was it, because no one's ever actually read all of it. Have you ever seen the paperback of it at the store? It's a it's a cube. <laughs> I have read all of it. <laughs> of course you have. You're, I forgot. I'm talking to you. You're like, yeah, you know, you your know. dark towers, like light Stephen King for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is, uh, this is like peak Romero. Like he did. He, I think he'd just come off creep show when he did this. Yeah. I mean, how many movies had he made between Dawn of the dead and, and this, do you know, off the top of your head? Off the or? top of my head. I know that he was like, he signed like a three picture deal with the company that produced this. Uh, it's, um, uh, United film distribution company. Uh, <laughs> it was a three picture deal and they, they initially signed it to, uh, signed him to a deal specifically to make a Dawn of the Dead sequel, but he opted to make that third. So he made Night Riders and Creep Show okay. first. That was 81 and 82 and then this was 85. Okay. So like those are the those are the movies like between Dawn and Day. And then like between Night and Dawn, it's it's the crazies. There's always vanilla Martin, uh underrated movie Martin. Under yeah, Martin's a great He's movie. in this. He's the other the the third scientist, the young guy with the mustache. Oh, that's I, yeah, yeah I it's John John to, Amplis. That was Martin. He gets sick. I was trying to put it I was like, God, that guy looks familiar, and I could not put it together yeah where he... i think he only kind of did like these and i think he's got a very small part in dawn of the dead but uh hmm. yeah martin also i don't think you can get that in the u.s no, i think I, I don't think that's i think of the a british distribution company put out 4ks of that and dawn of the dead but you they're not u.s region a i think is the blu-ray region for us but yeah and then after this romero did uh 
what did he do after this? Because he didn't do Creep Show too. Oh, he did Monkey Shines after this. Did he do it was Tales from the Dark Side? Was that after this or was that uh, before? He that was during this. He executive produced oh, okay. that from eighty three to eighty eight. After this, he did Monkey Shines, The Dark Half, and Bruiser, and then he did Land of the Dead in two thousand five. Because like right. the Dawn of the Dead remake came out, and that kickstarted zombies again. Like that and um, right. uh, twenty eight days later. And uh, then he did Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, and Survival of the Dead, which I've actually never seen. I, I didn't see Diary of the Dead or Survival You of didn't the watch Dead. Diary of the Dead with me? I don't think so. I can't imagine anyone else that would be willing to watch it with <laughs> me besides you. I just remember the opening where it's supposed to be a found footage documentation of a zombie apocalypse. And the lead character goes, I've added music uh, for effect and mood at different parts. Like, okay. Oh, dear. (laughs) Oh, dear. Did they do that at the beginning of like, uh, you know, Battle of Algiers? (laughs) (laughs) God. Oh, dear. I've added music and uh, transitions to increase the mood in this interview with General Idi Amin. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I've I've heard Survival of the Dead is an improvement over that, but I never saw it. I'm I'm zombied out. I am too. Like I don't need more zombie content. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I mean, I haven't watched Train to Busan. I've heard it's great, but it's just yeah. I heard one cut of the Dead is really good, but like uh, the the Army of the Dead or oh, I I mean, I saw I saw Army of the Dead, and it's I mean, it's an interesting premise that the movie completely doesn't want to. Well, explore. I mean, that, that movie's <laughs> setting up a lot of things that doesn't follow up on, like, why are some of the zombies robots? You know? <laughs> no, my biggest issue with De- with Army of the Dead is that it doesn't lean into its premise enough. The same way, like, Wonder Woman 84 doesn't need to have been set in the 80s, Army of the Dead doesn't do enough with the Vegas aspect. Right. Like, I, well, or the, or the heist aspect. Yeah. It's like a, a zombie heist movie sounds fa- like fun. And, and then. Yeah. Zombies in Vegas, apart from like the opening credits, it's, you don't really like, like there's the main, the King zombie, the sort of yeah. like Conan, the barbarian looking zombie. That should have been an Elvis. Because, like, his bride looks like a showgirl or looks like Celine Dion or something. That should have just been Elvis, an Elvis zombie. You only see one Elvis impersonator zombie in the whole movie, and it's in the opening credits. Yeah. You know, like, I don't don't have the beef with Zack Snyder that a lot of people do. I also don't treat him like he's been just released from prison, uh, like Nelson Mandela, the way his his fans (laughs) do. But, uh, you know, I think Army of the Dead was a fun premise, and I just wish it had gone a little further with everything, as opposed to sort of dovetailing into its whole thing about, like, is this a time loop? Or, you know, where did the zombies come from? Or the right. spinoff it, that's about like the safe cracker that got made, right? Or or the the anime spinoff that or the anime prequel series or whatever. But it, it just is like if you're gonna do the heist with zombies, do the heist with zombies. Make them like do the heist. <laughs> the best thing you can do with a zombie movie these days, because these days because it's all been done, is just do one well. Like The Walking right. Dead as a comic and a series is just. We're going to do a traditional zombie thing and we're just going to spend this. We have the real estate to spend time with our human characters and get to know them and get to know different villains. And I think that's why it's been a success. The zombies, you know, they're a big part of it, but they're a little superfluous, you know. Right. Yeah. They're they're not like the key to everything most of the time. You never cure yeah. the zombie apocalypse. 
you know, <laughs> unless it's like a yeah. supernatural thing like Evil Dead. But even then, it's like your traditional Romero zombies are merely a backdrop to whatever setting and characters you want to use with them. Mall, exactly. Bunker, Las Vegas, uh, right. you know, what have you. It's I think that's and that's the thing. And I think Day of the Dead is maybe one of the best versions of that. And that's because it's this is this is the first time we've done a part three where like the core talent from prior movies has stuck around. You've got Romero right. from the first and Romero and Savini from the second. And and I think that's what makes this movie. And they've added talent. They've gotten like right. a new composer and they've gotten more makeup guys. You know, it's he he took the care to make the movie stand on its own. It's like Romero was never a guy that was going to do a cash in. Like he right. deliberately didn't make Dawn of the Dead for 10 years because he didn't want to be seen just as a horror director. Yeah, it's 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 always interesting when filmmakers things like this and like you were saying with Sam Raimi and um you know George Miller when they sort of revisit their classic things and it's always they're always sort of interrogating something about their premise or about their the the world that they've they've created or trying to and, take their pre their franchise in a different direction like right. like the evil dead movies Raimi said like well there's the first one which was a horror movie because they knew like a horror movie can get distrib distribution like we can right. we can make money off of this evil dead 2 was where we want to do it, but now I have the the freedom to do everything I couldn't do with the first one and make it more comedic. Do the slapstick Three Stooges horror I've always wanted right. to do, and then the third one was we're not going to do a horror movie at all. It's a fantasy adventure. It's my it's my Ray Harryhausen movie. Right. The Alien franchise, I'd say, is a in a different way similar in that there's a huge gap of time between the first four movies in that series, and they're all done like it's the producers are the constant and it's right. a different director bringing their their you know sort of their mustard to the whole thing for better yeah. or worse you know depending on how you <laughs> feel uh but yeah like because you no one's gonna say that ridley scott james cameron david fincher jean-pierre Jeunet are like hack directors right know? they're just cashing in yeah yeah i mean it, it kind of it feels yeah like i said kind of earlier it just it feels like more like music or like jazz riffs on sort of a, a an idea um which i, I find a, a fascinating and then sergio leone too with sort of the the dollars trilogy yeah. as well um you know and it's it's different it's different looking at these things from that perspective than it is like well this is you know like or the matrix trilogy which is the the other you know the other part three we've done that is that does have the same sort of core creatives behind it where it's like this is a saga and it's the start and it's the middle and it's the end whereas like these movies that we're talking about you know um are more like well i'm gonna riff on this theme and see where it takes me and whether that's like a distillation uh where it's whether it's like i can do a lot more with the resources i have that i didn't have or i've learned so much more and i can apply it to this or i'm gonna see what it's like if i take this idea and i don't know add kids <laughs> like with mad max <laughs> beyond thunderdome or, or, or robocop 3 or robocop 3 yes. you know it's uh <laughs> and then there's see, third movies like i'd say robocop 3 where it's just they're kind of spinning their wheels it's going through the motions right. and then there's ones like scream 3 where it is the core creative p or at least the same actors and director but it's they just don't have as much to say as the first movie as the second movie yeah. did and uh 
yeah, it's, you know, it doesn't always work. Spider-Man 3 is the same group of people making it. It's just that right. they, you know, sometimes they, they bite off more than they can chew and they're not as enthusiastic about every bite. I've been editing the Spider-Man 3 episode while we're right before we recorded this. And I've forgotten we just we we dovetailed into just talking about the butler for like 10 minutes. Well, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> butler exposition. Bernard. Bernard. <laughs> Patron saint of the podcast. No, that's Connell Cochran. <laughs> yeah, that's Connell Cochran. Yeah, I Cochran. love a good joke. And this is the best <laughs> one of all. A joke on the children. <laughs> Connell Cochran is our saint because he is the best scenery chewer, but I think he may pale in comparison to Joe Pilato. That is a whole new level of scenery chewing. Oh, yeah. Like, we oh can't, I can't Jeez. do an impersonation of him because I don't have the skills as a sound editor to not kill my microphone doing it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. He's just, he's just, he, he is, is out of control. He looks like he's grinding his own teeth to a pulp. His jaw is constantly pulsing. His eyes are bugging out, but he's, you know, he's giving a good performance. Like, yeah, he is. And you, you like, that's the thing you see that like, there's like a human under there. Like you get like, you, you can see at some point this person was actually not crazy yeah it was actually like maybe was a good person at some yeah point. like you get the sense that maybe like he was like a good number two to the uh guy the commanding officer who had passed away but now he like now that he's in charge he's definitely like losing his grip on things and then when the zombies all get in and the finale he just gives every, he just leaves his guys behind and is just running yeah, he's like, like i am done we are you know <laughs> fuck it bye <laughs> every man for himself we're done <laughs> speeding away on his golf cart yeah, it's a really good movie, and I'm glad people are starting to reappreciate it. Like, it gets written off as like, oh, it's the third one that's bad. It gets written off yeah. the way Mad Max Thunderdome can get written off, or something like that. I'd say no. This is this is the Army of Darkness. This is yeah. this is a worthy installment, and I actually enjoy watching this one more than Dawn of the Dead because I've seen Dawn of the Dead so many times. We like, yeah. I when we were at Hampshire, when I was my orientation my freshman year at Hampshire college was safeguarding yourself against the living dead. It was learning all about campus life in the context of the zombie apocalypse. So I watched all of these movies, but I saw day of the dead later. That's always going to be the one that they don't show because it's, you know, we got to make room for, you know, 28 days later or something like that. But it's, it's really, it's not long. It's not slow. Like I'm going to make an unpopular statement that I think Dawn of the Dead drags a little bit in certain parts. It is. I mean, Dawn of the Dead is close to like, I I mean, at least what I remember, it's been a long time, but it's like close to two and a half hours, isn't it? It's, 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 I mean, it's up there. It's not like your 85 minute horror movie. Uh, Yeah. Dawn of the Dead is, I think it depends on the cut too. Because there's like four different right, cuts in it. Right, because there's a bunch of different uh, It's 126 minutes in the U.S., 119 in Italy. So okay. Lucio Fulci found six minutes in there that just had to go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and it drags. There's that whole, you know, the middle section in the, uh, it, where they're in the mall and they're kind of just puttering around doing, yeah, like, it's, making dinner and, and it's it's kind of nothing really happens. It, it might uh, just be that I've seen it a billion times. Yeah. Like, it's... And it's not a movie that I like, like I hold, it's not like top five, fa- like I can watch Evil Dead 2 anytime. I've watched that movie six million times and I could watch it six million one at a drop of a hat. But like, yeah, you yeah. know, but that's also a way more fun movie. Night and Dawn right. and Day, 
they're they're funny in certain parts. Certainly, Dawn of the Dead is, and and to a lesser extent, Day of the Dead, but they're dark. They are bleak movies. Really, like they're 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 really cold, clammy. Like Night Night of the Living Dead is one of the bleakest horror movies ever made. And the ending is is I mean it's bleak all the way through it, and then you get to the ending and you're like, well, fuck me. Oh, (laughs) it's a fucking gut punch. Uh, yeah, and uh, when they remade it, they kind of, they held on to that part because that that remake is interesting. Have you ever seen the remake of Night of the Living Dead? I have not. It's it's no. Tom Savini directed it, but weirdly, it's substantially less gory than you'd expect. Uh, huh. It's got uh, Tony Todd in the Dwayne Jones part, which is cool, and uh, Tom Towles, who was I think in um, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. That's right. He's like yeah. a horror yeah. staple. And it's it's just kind of like it feels like um, I I don't want to say it's like the Gus Van Sant Psycho where it's a shot for shot thing they change up a lot of elements of it, but it's it, I would equate it to um, George Miller's Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet compared to the original. It's like that. It's like let's just do it <laughs> okay. a little bigger, a little okay. little in color. We got more money, you know. We got a better we got a bigger right. cast, like that sort of thing. It's it's a fun watch. It's not as radically different as Dawn of the Dead, the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead, which is so different to the point that I feel like it stands on its own as its own movie. It's just yeah. it takes the premise of zombies yeah. and a mall. Everything else is completely different in that. And then I've not the, the Day of the Dead remake, I think, is just a cash in. It had um uh also had Ving Rames, and I think it had Nick Cannon and uh, Mina Suvari in it. And I think the only thing <laughs> it has like a bunker and like a, a military bunker. I remember seeing the DVD of that in, you know, Blockbuster or something right yeah. around when it, it came But it out. like it wasn't a sequel to the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead. Which is weird. They didn't do, didn't do that. They didn't make a sequel to the to Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Like it seems like that it seemed like it made a lot of money at the time. I, I think to his credit, he parlayed that success into making other things he wanted to do, like 300. And James Gunn was able to go make yeah. Slither. And, uh, you know, they both, right. those two guys are both make very different DC movies now. And, uh, did you lose me? All right. Uh, sorry, folks. Technical difficulties. As I say that, like there's a live audience. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. So, Will, uh, I think we both agree this is a rock solid third movie conclusion of a trilogy. Obviously, they did keep going with it, but way later on. Like you can, like we were saying, you can keep telling zombie stories. None of these. Yeah. Like this doesn't continue. Like it's there's not the story of like re- like recurring characters, so this is no. like you can kind of do whatever you want with it. But I think if this had been the last one, it would be great because it does yeah. end the world on like a slightly optimistic note without you know undoing what's been done. Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, I think it's absolutely worth watching. I mean, and it's really easy to find right now. Uh, it's streaming on I think Shout Factory is it's streaming. I think it's on IMDb uh, TV. It's yeah, it's on. Sh- it's on. I watched it on Shutter. You can get. There's a great Blu-ray special edition of it on, from Shout and Scream Factory. Like it's. I mean, I guess like Night of the Living Dead has a bajillion DVD versions and you can get the Criterion one now and be done with it. But yeah, like this one's out there and I I really recommend checking it out. If you're a zombie fan, if you're a Dawn of the Dead fan and you haven't seen this one yet, it's absolutely worth your time. Yeah. 
Hundred percent. I yeah. I think it and uh, so far it's the best movie we've done on on this podcast for this oh, podcast w- without a doubt. It it would be. Re- I I recommend watch uh, Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead and then do a double feature of Day of the Dead and a uh, Return of the Living Dead and get tonal whiplash. <laughs> Because Return of the Dead is uh, such a fun. Oh yeah, Ret- I mean, Return of the Living Dead is fantastic. It's so yeah. good, but is yeah. as it is like night and day from this movie. Yeah, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, while you're at it, check out Zombie Two if you like a, a very languid, gory Italian zombie movies with you know exploitative nudity and a zombie that fights a shark. <laughs> What more could you ask? Well, yeah, it's the thing is, if you catch the Fulci cut of Dawn of the Dead and are like, oh, I like that goblin music, then you can go that route. You can go the Fulci (laughs) goblin route. There's many different ways you can go with the the stemming from Night of the Living Dead, which is what makes it fucking like most the most important horror movie of all time. (laughs) Yeah. So coming up next Will, I think it's your turn to pick a movie. That's right. It is my turn. So I've been thinking about this a lot since the, the last time, because I, I, I picked Robocop 3, and I, I think uh, that was a mistake. Yeah, your heart was in the right place, but you 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 did a bad thing. I did a bad thing. So uh, I'm probably going to do a bad thing again, but I think it might be kind of more fun to talk about. Um, and, and because this movie made me think of it in a certain way, I am going to go with Robert Rodriguez's Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Ooh, all right. All right. That's uh, our, our yeah, third. That's uh, Ro- uh, Robert Rodriguez's foray into shooting on digital, and it. That's uh, right. I think it was his. It was his first or maybe second movie done that way. So we do not take responsibility for Willem Dafoe in brownface, and we condemn it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that'll be fun. Uh, hey, look. Anytime we can get some Danny Trejo on the on the on yeah. the podcast is okay by me. Salma and Hayek and Salma you know. barely uh, Salma yeah, Hayek. <laughs> <laughs> Salma Hayek takes up more space on the poster than she does in the movie. In the movie, yeah. <laughs> but uh, and then following that, I think in in honor of the Batman coming soon to theaters, we are going to do both the third Batmans, Batman Forever. And the Dark Knight Rises. Speaking of tonal whiplash, <laughs> we're going to do a, a mini series, a Batman mini series that uh, comprises only two movies because there's really only made two Batman Part Three. But those two movies contain multitudes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we're gonna we're gonna we we you got me listening to the, our Spider Man podcast got me thinking about those Batman Forever glasses and uh, oh, that might we have to be our 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 you know christmas present to ourselves at the end of the year <laughs> yeah uh and uh and then of course dark knight rises i will try my best to keep my bane impression to a minimum <laughs> i think any podcast that uh, that covers that movie has to do a bane impression at least once it's it's legally mandated but of course mine is just him from harley quinn where all he does is threaten to blow <laughs> things up like i will blow you up you chicken saturday <laughs> Oh man! Uh, if you haven't seen Harley Quinn on HBO Max, check it out. It is one of the best absolutely. shows on right now. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, uh, uh, Will, any final thoughts on Dawn of the Dead or uh, the pandemic? Your stance on <laughs> mask mandates? You know, maybe this is God's way of showing us what hell was like. 
That's from the movie. I know, but when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. So it's a much better line, but that's a good that's line. That's not from the movie you watched for this episode. No, so no, no. This one, the line would be just "Hell is other people." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, will uh, this was a, a delight. I. I can't tell you how nice it is to watch a good movie uh once in a while (laughs) i i rarely do it much to my own peril um (laughs) and i'm looking forward next week to talking about an okay movie yeah another one that i would say is super cheap movie then the then the really famous movie and then the one that's like an interesting mess yes it's it's definitely that's like a type of trilogy we've been coming across (laughs) yeah that that's definitely covers this and then but it also fits into what we were talking about with with george miller and george romero is sort of a a riff on a theme robert rodriguez is definitely i don't know if he's the most thoughtful of those type of directors but he definitely comes from that place like he's he's (laughs) like he's made his his brand the rebel without a crew uh the mentality yeah. Uh, this will be a chance for me to watch El Mariachi, which I don't think I've seen all the way through before. So. Oh, El Mariachi is so good. And so is Desperado. Oh, yeah, Desperado is great. Mean, I love Desperado. And I actually, I haven't seen either of them in forever. So it'll be, that'll, I should, I should try. I'll see if I have the time to, uh, to get to the other two, but um yeah, maybe you'll get your son into playing guitar. You know, he'll, like he'll want to be like, I want to do finger guitar. You know, <laughs> showing him these these like horrifically violent R-rated movies. Katie is just like, will he will not stop listening to Los Lobos? I cannot stand it. I, I'm leaving you unless you get him onto a new soundtrack. <laughs> Speaking of which, actually, the Day of the Dead, the Day of the Dead soundtrack fucking slaps. It rules. I mean, it's very oppressive, but it's it's good except when it's not. Like at the very beginning, I just have in my notes Miami Vice music, <laughs> like all the helicopter shots, and it's just yeah. like like I'm just yeah, like, oh, yeah. this is just B roll from Miami Vice or Magnum PI. But yeah, once they're in inside the uh the the bunker the the music takes on a different tone and is really well done because uh dawn of the dead was just production music like like public domain like industrial music oh wow i didn't know that yeah that's why goblin did the score for the italian release right yeah there you go all right (laughs) until next time everyone uh thank you all for listening you can find us on twitter at podcast part three that's the number three and we are up on Apple and Spotify and Stitcher and Google uh, and, uh, you know, watch Day of the Dead. High, uh, top-notch recommendation. It's the be- first good movie we've seen so far. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, until next time, Will, it's always a delight. Always. Always good to talk. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>